0: It does bring up um, a whole piece around identity and, okay, so if I'm not doing all the things and I'm, you you know, I'm not hustling at work, I'm not constantly on the edge of burnout, I'm not looking after everybody and doing everything they need before they even know they need it. Who am I? Um, And that...
1: Welcome to Finding Your Spark Again podcast. I am so glad that we are doing this again today because every chance we have to really tap in, to get the nuances of how we can tap in is really gonna help us get to the next level. So today I have with me Philippa Robinson talking about how looking within to find that true spark creates a better world. So that's a really great topic for us to talk about in terms of like the big picture. And I cannot wait to hear from you, Philippa.
0: Hi, Lynn.
1: Hi, welcome.
0: Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: I took a look at your website, which we will, of course, uh, link up for everybody. And, you know, we really are talking about some of the very same things, how to find that joy, what to do with it when we find it, how to find it repetitively, uh, how to make sure that it's part of our, our world. And then, as you've put forth in this topic, how to make it part of our bigger world. So... Uh, give us a little introduction to your world on that topic. So where I am now
0: all started five years ago. I had a major scare with one of my eyes and it it started a real unraveling. I went from, uh, you know, I had a, a successful legal career, you know, I'm, I'm married, I've got teenage boys could live in a nice place in bristol um in the uk uh yet so i've ticked all the boxes that society tells me i should tick and yet i'm feeling pretty dead inside really really numb i'd say and the thing that happened with my eye sent me catapulting off into this downward spiral where i really had to understand that or i came to understand that my life up until that date had really been about pleasing other people about being nice about being kind and um helping other people you know even doing what they what they need before they've even realized they need it you know that sort of ultimate real people pleaser which goes back to my childhood trauma and that was my coping strategy but when I realized that that is what my self-worth was pinned on and I really genuinely believed that I could lose the sight in both my eyes you know that my whole world as it was came crumbling down around my feet. At which so it seemed like the worst thing ever. Uh and I had no idea how that was going to pan out. Um where do I go from here? Um but you know that has led to the last five years of um the personal development work, the therapy, all the stuff I've done in the last five years, and now here I am talking to you about joy and how to find joy in everyday moments and actually i'm just a i mean on the outside i don't look that different apart from the long hair that's what the you know that's what the pandemic did for me no hairdresser but um uh you know to all intents and purposes i'm very very different
1: so interesting how we can be um the same and very very different all at once
0: yeah my inner landscape is just you know uh, beyond all recognition to me and it's not even back to a place it used to be I don't think it's back it's in a place it's never been before
1: yeah tell me a little bit about that it's in a place that is more desirable to you than it's ever been before
0: oh <laughs> yeah absolutely it's okay. it's in a place that I thought is beyond my wildest dreams mm-hmm. really because uh, growing up I very much felt that there was something wrong with me or that I was broken um, and that my experience of life was just everything was hard and there was no joy really and I couldn't understand why everybody around me seemed Well, I was going to say everybody seemed so happy. I probably didn't even look that deep because, you know, I know that's not the case. But everybody seemed to be having a much better time than me. Uh, And, you know, the time I spent in therapy, the three years I had in therapy, um, really helped me to understand the impact that my childhood had had. had. And, you know, I know it's a cliche, it all starts in childhood, but it kind of (laughs) does. You know, when I grew up with an alcoholic mother and in order to try and get my mother's love, I, I just became the, you know, a people pleaser and put all my needs, all my wants, everything that was, could have been dear to me, completely tossed it over my shoulder and, you know, didn't pay any attention to it.
1: Yeah, how we absorb things when we're children is at a a very different uh, pace and intensity. And when we're adults, you know, I, I know there are memories from my past that fortunately I've had the ability to go back to and sort of understand uh, in terms of how traumatic they were or were not, right? To decharge them for myself. Um, and, uh, but when I think about them and the words are all true that I, you know, they were all true that, that, that stuff happened. And if you say it out loud, it sounds bad, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but that, that decharging process is so important for us to be okay. Now, even though it feels like that's in the past, it's actually being dragged along with us in our everyday experience. Like, like you said, in the people pleasing, in the ways that we behave with other people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I always used to say, oh, yeah, I had a pretty rubbish childhood, but that was then. And, you know, I'm kind of, you know, that's behind me. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of had an idea that it wasn't great, but I really had no idea how much it was still driving my Adult behaviour, um, you know, and I was 47 at this stage. So, you know, um, I hadn't heard, of, I didn't really know about personal development. I didn't, you know, here in the UK, we're a bit behind uh, you guys anyway. But, you know, um, we just, we just, get on with it you know you don't you don't talk about it you don't talk about your feelings and um well, it's quite British you, isn't it <laughs> yeah very British I mean,
1: compared to Americans I have a nephew who's American and has lived in uh in the UK for I don't know 20 years or something now so he and in some formative years right he went to college there and got his PhD he teaches you know does everything yeah and um so he his life is there right and he's still to this day says to me it's not the same culture as you think it is <laughs> yeah
0: yeah no it's very much um very tight and and certainly so you know me I'm in my early 50s so my mother was born just after the war so you know her parents fought in the war so she was brought up post-war during all you know everything that that entailed all the trauma I suppose that came with that and all the rationing and everything that that came with that so I have absorbed I've absorbed all that um from then that is the way we were brought up you you know you're lucky to be alive so just get on with it Mm. um so you know I did just get on with it uh so I and I didn't really know any any different I didn't know things could be different
1: it's interesting because patches right what you're talking about for me translates to the idea of putting a patch on something right and patches will take you a long way but eventually they are not as strong as fabric right they're going to fall off so those patches that we've we've sort of put on and then adapted there's a there's a um a, a doctor called Dr. Saye who invented a scale he saw the world in a certain way and the way he described the body's responses to problems, right? To real stressors was to be in alarm, right? Which is the appropriate reaction to be, to something that is not okay. Then to, if you ignore it, to go into adaptation. And if you ignore that, to go into exhaustion. And, you know, to me, I feel like there's that same patch uh, idea behind, the SAE scale is like if you don't deal with this eventually, <laughs> it's going to be a problem. <laughs> it's going to be a real problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, I always say it comes back to bite you eventually, um, unless you find a serious way to carry on numbing it. Um, you know, and and that's what I am pretty sure. You know, my mum was an alcoholic, and she was definitely now. I appreciate that she was numbing pain. She's not here anymore, and um, she died a few years ago. Um, uh but that's what she was doing um and i sought comfort in in food that was my uh addiction i suppose of choice um but that's not as unacceptable as um well it i mean it is once you get to the size that society tells you you shouldn't be but that's a whole other story but um you know i i was adamant i wasn't going to be an alcoholic and i wasn't an alcoholic but people pleasing uh food you know i have found ways to numb things over the years until
1: five years ago the volcano you know the pressure of keeping it all down it just blew so let's talk about that that yep. space between like here we are we're in this space where we think everything's okay it's not really okay underneath but the volcano erupts Uh, So many of us have been there, you know, where we come to a tipping point and we say, that's it, I am unwilling to put up with the life that I built and now I have to change it. So what was that process like for you in terms of finding happiness?
0: Well, it's interesting you say I'm unwilling to live like that anymore um, because I'm not sure I got I think I did get to that stage but it was more that I can't live like this anymore I mean I I think if somebody had offered me a here you are you know take I don't know for instance take this pill and you can carry on the way you were I may well have taken it if I known what was to come but now I know what's at the end of what was to come I absolutely would not have taken that pill um uh I I felt, I had been getting really quite angry before I lost the sight in my eye I I was aware that I was getting more and more angry and I was having some episodes of dissociation so I'd be arguing with my husband for instance and I Felt like I was standing to the side and watching what was going on. Um, I didn't recognise it for what it was at the time. Everything that I talk about now is with the benefit of hindsight. But I, I knew I was getting more and more angry. And then when I lost the sight in my eye, I was just like, you know, I, I can't carry on like this. Something is going to have to change. And I did say to my husband one evening, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to get some help, otherwise." I feel like I'm going to have to leave our family because I was, I was really concerned that my anger was going to really affect the kids. So it was, it was on the back of that. I'm going to try anything because it can't get any, I don't think it can get any worse than this. And that's when I found a therapist. I found a therapist who said she specialized in codependency because I would only just discovered codependency. Um, And, Something kept me there. I I didn't want to go. Well, I did want to go, but when I got there, I didn't want to stay. But something, something, some part of me that knew better kept me there, and it kept putting things in the way that meant I had to stay. So, within week, well, no, within a few months of starting therapy, I'd um, enrolled on a counselling foundation course and one of the requirements of that counseling foundation course was that i was in therapy so i had to stay in therapy and i think the only point of that counseling foundation course now looking back <laughs> was to keep me in therapy yeah um yeah. so there was the, always that bit in me uh, and when i wrote all my when i wrote my my story last year and when i was writing all my all my life story down i could see there were little moments there were only little but there was the odd moment over the year where something in me either made me make a certain decision or told me things were going to be all right or pointed me in a direction that perhaps I wouldn't have gone on gone in otherwise and you know that that is what I now would call my spirit my spark my wise inner child you know that bit in me there was something in me that knew there was something better for me.
1: I like that you bring up the looking within and also that, uh, you know, when you talked a little bit earlier in your story about that moment where you said, I am either going to have to do this or become willing to change. I think that's a really essential piece to, uh, an unsustainable lifestyle, right? We get ourselves in these patterns we are surrounded by circumstances that are unsustainable. And then, So our world is not the world that we want to live in. Um, and then, and then we have to become willing. And once we become willing, the doors open, the doors just keep opening. Like you said, right? They just keep opening one after the other, after the other, as long as you're willing to look within, to follow them. I mean, they're there, they're open. But if you don't say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to take that course. Oh, look, it put me back in therapy. Look at that, <laughs> right? If you don't take those little moments, those notice, those synchronicities and those openings that happen in your life and say, hey, I am still willing over and over and over every day, I am willing. Then you, you don't get from where you are to where you're going. Uh And actually, uh, you know, I mean, this now I'm just kind of free flowing here, but I will say that this is something that I have seen in my clients uh, occasionally where their problems are not from their desire to have something that they can't have, but from their inability at that moment to recognize that it takes willingness daily. It takes willingness repetitively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love that you're talking about this. Now, here you are, you're growing, you're becoming different, but you're married. Yeah. and you have children <laughs> I do what did that happen how did that happen what was that like right what was it that was like messy. It yeah, was messy. It's messy yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah it's um so it's it, not it, just it, your willingness right your world <laughs> your world
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and you know my um I'd say my children actually so I've got two boys they're now 14 and 16 so they were you know, nine and eleven. When this happened, they've not been affected too much. In fact, they've got a much nicer, calmer mum now, so they are kind of quite happy. Although I, I kind of ask them to talk about how they're feeling about something and what do they know and are they sure and have they have they listened to their? You know, so I'm just really annoying, even more annoying now. But I'm much calmer, and that's fine. Um, my husband, on the other hand, um, you know, he—I've changed. He's not changed i've changed and you know he didn't he didn't sign up for this version of me he signed up for the other version of me so uh, you know i'm not gonna lie it's not been easy um it's not been super hard though either it's just been different and it's been a challenge but you know i i have said to him on a few occasions over the last five years that I can't go back you know once you know and once you've grown that you you can't go back so you know this is me now I'm much happier I'm much more content I'm a a lot easier to live with you know I'm not angry all the time
1: yeah Uh, but not a caretaker any longer
0: well, no, and that's the thing now. I'm not looking after all their needs before they even realise they've got them. I Things have changed and I'm putting me first more than I have ever, ever done. And um, it's taking, still is, we're still in a period of adjustment. But actually what's happened is we have realised that we got together um, in the first place really because we didn't challenge each other on an emotional level we were both pretty shut off so um now i'm no longer like that he's like oh okay so actually he's having therapy (laughs) now so you know the ripple effect of doing this work actually you know looking within and finding finding yourself if that's not too much of a cliche but other people do benefit
1: yeah, and I think this really brings in that piece about how are we changing the world, right? Because the world is changing. Our world changes quite drastically and and there's that ripple, right? And I love that you are honest about the fact that it's not easy, um, but that if we continue to be willing and we continue to do it, we continue in that direction of, what lights me up? What is that spark? How can I leave spaces open for that spark that everybody else does adjust
0: they do and, and you make a very good, you make a very good point there that in order to connect with that spark and keep connecting with that spark and, and that you know our core, our inner. World, our inner self, slowing down a little bit, taking time out, taking, you know, stop all rather than all this fast paced go go go, do do do, just be a bit slower and and listen, and you know, I I now trust, you know, I'm much more in 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 connection with my intuition and listen to it and connect with it, and f- for me, the whole point of doing this is that a I'm much happier, but because I'm much kinder. To myself, I have a lot of compassion for myself and how I ended up getting to where I was, and how I've, you know, moved from there. So I, I'm, but I'm much kinder to myself, and because I'm kinder to myself, I'm much happier, which allows me to be kinder to other people. And I, you, you know, and I think you know, there's not enough kindness around, and I know that's a bit, you know, a, you know, oh yeah, you know, pie in the sky dream, but actually, you know, a lot more kindness will go a long way uh, to making the world a better place.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Also, I like that idea that when we open a space, we allow other people to do their things. So just the fact that your husband has said, hey, she's changing. And some amount of time later, he said, maybe I like it. Maybe I want that. Maybe that's something I want. And that's the way that we inspire people when we're willing to stop doing all the things that we think are necessary, but are actually taking their space away from them, right? They're taking that ability for them to reach for joy in a certain way, right? Is there an agreement? Don't get me wrong. It's an agreement we make and people like it. And they say, yeah, you do the things. My husband was very much like you in that uh, space of taking care of me before I even knew I had, uh, you know, I would I would sort of move my shoulder like I was a little chilly and he'd go over and change the temperature, <laughs> you know, and I was like, wow, this is a world that is just constantly changing to, to uh, adapt to me, but it also didn't give me the space to be able to make those choices for myself, which of course I did not realize until he wasn't here anymore, right? So um, you know, I was very grateful for him and his way of being in that moment, but there's more space now. I make different choices and that's how our whole world can change.
0: Yeah, it it can. And it does bring up um, a whole piece around identity and okay so if I'm not doing all the things and I'm you, you know I'm not hustling at work um I'm not on I'm constantly on the edge of burnout I'm not looking after everybody and doing everything they need before they even know they need it who am I um and that was a whole a whole piece around that who am i what do i stand for what do i stand against what do i like what do i want what are my needs you know what boundaries do i need in place all those lovely things that we 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 talk about um and that has been a whole uh discovery really and and in that what brings me joy because in my very first uh, therapy session, my therapist said to me, "So, what do you like to do? What do you do for you?" And I literally had no idea. I, I was like, I have, and I, I sat there for a little while, and I said, "I, have no idea. I've completely forgotten anything that I." And, and you know, I don't want to sound like a real martyr here, um, but. I just didn't me me having needs me having wants and fulfilling those had not been something that actually crossed my mind since I was probably about seven you know that's when really my world had a massive you know uh, implosion and um, yeah so it's been a, an amazing journey of discovery over the last f- uh, five years and also all about you know what does bring me joy and taking time to notice those little things each day that I would have passed me by normally because I'd have been far too busy you know the smell of a really nice cup of coffee or you know the sun, just enjoying that moment of the sun on your, on my face when I'm out walking the dog or just those little moments that normally I would have paid no attention to but now really give me a sense of deep inner joy
1: yeah becoming present being actually present for the moments that are passing in our lives Mm. is is a space that joy can be found almost every time yeah it's a reliable space isn't it
0: it, it, it is. And once you found it, yeah, I mean, you know, now I found it, I don't want to let it go. So yeah, That's you're right.
1: right. <laughs> That's right. And also uh, I find that being willing to prioritize it makes your whole world change. You know, I mean, I often, I run a business and I've got a house that needs to be taken care of and, you know, I got things like everybody has things, but When I get myself into a position where I'm not in that moment, where I'm not willing to be fully present, instead I'm thinking, this is a pain. I wish I didn't have to do this. Why didn't so-and-so do this? Uh, do I have to say this again? You know, there are all sorts of like, you can really go down the road, right? You can really go down the road and I have great people working with me and it does not matter. (laughs) You can still find things to complain about if you are trying right. And, uh, you know, and then to say to myself, Hey, I recognize that. I know what that is. That is me, not here. That is me in the future and the past and mashing them together in a way that does not serve me at all. And if I'm willing at that moment to go away for however long it takes, 30 seconds, an hour, whatever it takes and become present, then that's a really different me that shows up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So can I, what, what do you, I don't know. Do you mind if I ask you a question? I was just gonna say, so what are your
1: go, what are your go-tos in that situation? Sometimes I do right? Sometimes I have like a do, right? But a lot of the things that I like to do in terms of activity to feel better, I do beforehand, right? So I don't, they're not in a, they're not a triage moment for me there. I love to meditate. I love to listen to music. I love to dance around the house. I love, you know, there's lots of really fun things. But when I'm in that space, I usually don't want to do any of those things, right? If I let myself get frustrated and into that space of like, I'm making choices that don't feel, this happened to me yesterday. I'm making choices that don't feel like they're in alignment with my larger goals. And yet here I am. Uh, it, because this happens every day for everybody, right? It's not like this is part of life that we're going to get into those things where we, we think we're on our path, but we aren't hundred percent present. Cause there's a lot of doing in our experience. And, um, and so some, if it's a real triage moment, I do have energy tools that I use where I can, I, there's certain grounding tools and things like that. But quite often I say to myself, is it an emergency Meaning, do I have to do it right now? And if it's not an emergency, what could I do at this moment that would just open some space up for me? And usually that looks like go for a walk, go for a drive, uh, do an errand. I, I'm, I, Space is very important to me. So going and looking at something different often can shift my perspective. Go for a swim, right? Sometimes I'm not. It's like no, I don't feel that good. Come on, <laughs> I want to do this in ten seconds. Come on, <laughs> right? I don't want to take an hour to do this. Okay, fine, but it's going to take you longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. so finding those things that you that that you can do that speak to you uh, to really tap yourself back in to the body. I think the body is really a great indicator of where am I now. So even a simple breathing technique can bring me fully back into a moment. Uh, I have the great fortune of living with two feline beings that have blessed me for 16 years and they are lovely. And so that's easy, <laughs> you know. I can always go pet a cat, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, yeah. and most of the time they don't mind at all. Uh, so yeah, so how about you? Do you have go-tos that you use?
0: For me, I tend to, um, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I get that knot in my stomach. And when my inner critic is getting a bit loud, I tend to know that I'm getting overwhelmed. Uh, now so I I will tend to go for I'll have take my dog out or go on my own and just go for a little walk and I will I will I will be able to feel that not just going away and by the time I come back and maybe I'll have bumped into somebody not you know not necessarily anybody I know but just had a little connecting moment with somebody that will have made a difference so that if I've got time that is my go-to that or um i've really this year got into um swimming in a um a a marine lake a sea lake near my house well it's about half an hour away and i'm still doing it now the water's getting cold and i um i'm loving that so that's my more to keep help keep me regulated on a on a daily basis i was there this morning um at seven o'clock seven a.m and it was just beautiful i mean you You know you've got the expanse of the sea I'm swimming in this pool the sun was out it it just ticks so many boxes for me so that's what I tend to do on a regular basis to keep my system regulated a walk if I've got time and if I haven't and I just need something it will either be you know put a song on and just you know shake my body really particularly my hands I tend to find my hands get the energy gets in my hands um Awesome breathing, some really deep breathing. I didn't know I didn't know how to breathe until five years ago, and I was just shallow breathing in my chest all the time, rather than really breathing deep down into my, um, you know, into my belly. So yeah, um, those are my go tos. I um, I'm, I have an on off relationship with yoga and an on off relationship with meditation. I know they are both good for me, as is journaling.
1: I disagree. I don't think that, uh, any of the tools are good for you, uh, good for anybody if they're not enjoyable. Yes. I really think that if we reach for the thing that is the next most enjoyable thing Mm. for us, it may not look like our neighbor, right? This, I, I, I have this on again, off again relationship with yoga, I gotta say. So, um, You know, it's one of those things where I say to myself, is this something I want to reach for in this moment? Does it feel good to reach for that? And when it feels good, then I I really like it. And it really does me a lot of good. Uh, so I I it's I think that individuality that we're if we're willing to really be us, to really be present and really make the choice that feels good. Sometimes it's eating an ice cream cone right? Sometimes it isn't like I should meditate, (laughs) right? So I think that's, that's a piece of that joy as well. Even though I'm not saying you should go out and eat an ice cream cone, you know, three times a day or whatever. But I do think that when you're really tapped in, the answers aren't always something that look like the way we think answers are supposed to be for people who are tapped in, right?
0: I totally agree it's very much an individual thing and um and uh, you know I have different things that I will do on a regular basis that help keep me regulated and then a whole other list of things that will that are more in the moment and uh you know um and and those change I mean I was an avid journaler and now I'm not I'm not doing it much and and that's okay you know just because it worked really well at a certain time I don't need to carry on doing it if it doesn't feel right. So it is very much an individual thing what feels right. I absolutely agree.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about how I have a lot of energy tools, right? Because my background uh, in the beginning of me starting on the journey of self-discovery here, I became a quantum biofeedback specialist. And so the relationship between the body and the energy that we don't can't quite see we can't see it not not even just can't quite but we really can't see it it's around us but we can't see it but we have evidence of it and working with those energies i find to be extremely powerful both you know as they say prophylactically and uh and in the moment and i think that a lot of times you know finding ways to do an energy routine or to have a go-to that is something you go like like you said with the shaking the hands right this is my thing I know that if I do this thing something will shift and then I'm able to tap into myself and ask the questions about what do I want to do and get an answer
0: yeah because sometimes in the moment when we're completely you know Blown, shall we say? You know, where uh, you know box breathing or something like that is not going to be our go-to. It's got, you, you know, uh, I mean it might be some people's go-to, but it's definitely not mine. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. you're absolutely mine either. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a lovely conversation. So, but I want to, I want to ask a little bit more, and we're going a little longer than we usually do. But I think our audience will uh, forgive us because I think it's a fascinating conversation and. Also, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, your website is very much about joy. My website is very much about joy. And so what we're talking about is reaching for a a very high level emotion. It isn't about contentment. You didn't write on your thing. I'm going to be satisfied, right? We talked about, like, we're going to really get there. We're going to get to actually happy. We're going to course the chemicals through our bodies that feel joy, and we're going to enjoy that. So can I ask, uh, was there a moment for you where you went from, right? Because people go through therapy, and it's a long journey, and we don't usually start out happy. So, uh, so you you get to a point where you're like, yeah, yeah, no, everything's good. Everything's pretty good. And what was the moment for you that went from, I'm willing to accept things being pretty good to no, I'm not willing to accept them being pretty good. I really want all of the goodness to come to me in my life. I really want the full feeling of joy.
0: Whilst I was going through uh, therapy, somebody told me. About, I, I love a quote. A quote that uh, you know speaks to me. And one quote that somebody said to me whilst I was going through therapy was, "I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become." And that was like really. This is this is not the joy moment. The joy moment is in the moment. But that really, really sat with me that I have a choice actually all this might have happened to me all this has got me to where I am now and yes some of it was rubbish but actually it has made me who I am today and therapy helped me see much more who I am and see the worth in who I am so that was kind of quite a nice place to be really and I decided I was leaving therapy so I had a three month like out period of leaving therapy so by the time I left I really knew I was leaving and then I um, delved into a lot more personal development books I did read in a book our job is to have a joyful life and it was it was you know the ultimate permission slip really and that bit in me that wise part in me was like there 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 you know this is what this is what I've been keeping you going through all this from this is what we're here for and it was really that moment that just made me go okay there is much more I'm living not even half a life at the moment so um you know yeah that was the moment
1: so you made my mind go in so many different directions that I got I got too excited to speak um I think that the world becomes a better place when we're willing to say these things out loud. And for me, the the ability to have some sort of a platform to be able to allow people like you to say these things out loud so that everyone can know that enlightenment can come in little bits and pieces and where it leads can be truly joyous that means the world to me. So thank you so much for being here to share all of that. It's been a great joy to be here and talk about these things with you. I like reliving
0: uh, these things. So thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Now tell us, uh, how can we, how can our audience get in touch with you? Do you have, what do you have going on? I,
0: I have a website which is safeandsupported.co.uk um, that tells you a bit more about me I'm um, a coach uh, now uh, having given up my 27 year legal career and um, I have a podcast called Meeting of Minds uh, where up until now I've talked a lot about my journey Uh, and what I've learned because I knew nothing about personal development five years ago so the things that I've learned and also I published a book last year so I have a book called I See Me and that's available on Amazon and that's kind of the story of uh, my life up till about two years ago
1: Excellent. Excellent. That will all be linked on all of the platforms that this is available on. So, uh, please, as you're listening, as you're watching, take a minute to scroll down, look at the links, click through, check it, check her out, check me out. Um, I, you know, as you guys know, joy is a real mission for me. And so uh, joyousonpurpose.com is where you can go to delve in a little bit deeper into your own joy story to get some questions that will help you to really figure out how does it feel to be in my life and to do a little, uh, self-reflection. So if you have a few minutes, go to joyousonpurpose.com. You'll find a questionnaire there. You'll get to know yourself a little bit better. I'll get to know you a little bit better. It'll be very nice. Um, also you can always reach me at my website at donnalyn.blog. And if you love this, um, Podcast, please consider giving to us. There's a a buy me a cup of coffee link at the bottom. So if you want to get involved, right, you can listen, you can watch. We have another podcast as well that is linked below. You can check that podcast out. There's lots and lots you can do for free. And then of course there are services listed uh, on my website that you could get involved with as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here today, Philippa. What a joy. Absolutely. A pure joy.